Welcome to Portrait of a Londoner. I'm Muna, and with Katrina in this podcast series, we are talking to people who live or work in South East London. We are hoping that our podcast will be representative of the wonderful mix of people living here. Our conversations will centre around themes of community, equality and diversity. Today, we speak to Aga Chanotta, who is the owner of Aga's Little Deli on Dartmouth Road in Forest Hill. Aga is originally from Poland, but has lived in London for many years. She first moved here as a journalist, writing for a Polish newspaper, and after a period working for Neil Jardary, decided to open her own mini borough market in Forest Hill. She has run the deli successfully for many years and is now also the co-owner of a new zero-waste shop in Forest Hill called Beetroot and Beans. We wanted to speak to Aga for several reasons. Firstly, because she's such a pillar of the local community, she's so popular here and she's got a really loyal customer base. But we also wanted to speak to her because of her Polish roots. There are lots of people from Poland living in Southeast London and in Forest Hill, Polish is the second language spoken after English. We wanted to get her take on transitioning to life in the UK, how she felt about Brexit, and also her experience of raising her own family here in London. We open the conversation today by asking Aga what she loves most about her deli. First thing I love the most, actually, is our customers. Honestly, the most of the people, not most, the lots of the people we became friends with, that is just incredible. Uh, the people they became friends with each other, they met here, that is also like great. Um, we, people, they start coming here and they were like customers. And after a few months, they become friends. And we're literally now, now going out together, having a, spending sometimes Christmas together, holidays together. And all the things were like, oh, I love, I love my girls. The girls, they're working for me. I just, they're just great. My products, <laughs> obviously. And to meeting um, new producers, like really nice new, new artists and places when they, you know, trying to also build and give something. And also they like really small and they need support and, and yeah, that's, I think, the, the most important thing. How do you things. find those new um, artisan producers? Do they come to you or are you kind of um, always keeping an eye out? The new artisan producers, they're actually coming to us. Okay. Because when we started, we started with the obvious obvious producers, like New Zealand, Monmouth, uh, literally with most of the borough markets. Uh, and I knew them since, you know, yeah. ages. So that was kind of quite obvious where which way we will go mm-hmm. with like like cheeses that was obvious that would be easier there and Mons for French cheeses a coffee that wasn't even any questions that is always going to be Monmouth um, all the producers from Bermondsey like England Preserves London Honey Company yeah you can all find them here so when we were reading about you, we discovered that you've had a really interesting career journey. And before you opened the deli and before you worked at Neil's Yard, you started your career as a journalist. And you initially came to London to learn English. And at that time, you were writing for a Polish paper. Then you went back to Poland, but you felt a pull back to London. And we were just wondering what you loved so much about London and what you still love about London. So I was work in Poland. Uh, I literally started working for a newspaper called Gazeta Wyborcza. 
I'm sure you you heard about it. It's one of the most famous uh, newspaper in Poland. It's kind of, it's very left one. And um, so I started working for them when I was like on my second year of on the university. I just went there as a, I don't know how you're saying, for like a work experience, kind of mm. apprenticeship. Like an intern. Yeah, yeah. intern. And after two weeks, they asked me if I want to stay and just work for them like full time. I mean, no full time because I was still studying. So I was going there literally like two times a week. And it was great because when you're a student and I had my uh, press pass, I could go to every concert, every uh, you know, exhibition everywhere for free, literally, just to show me your press pass. And I was taking a lot of advantage of that, I have to say. I was <laughs> yeah. taking my friends with me, like, yep, that's my photographer, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just let's go. And it was great, it was a great time. And But um, there was always some kind of things like I never really like about my country, like, you know, that kind of, it's not very... It's quite racist and quite homophobic. Yeah, I would have to say that. And I was always like, mm. and there was always some kind of things we couldn't really write or couldn't say. And we have to, sometimes we have to make stories about things. And so there was a kind of my friend said, oh, maybe let's maybe we should go just to London for a few few months and see how is that, you know, because. Poland wasn't in uni, so it wasn't really that easy for us also to travel. Mm-hmm. We had to have a, like a visas or, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was like, okay, so that is the kind of thing we can do because we can go together and we could stay with her auntie when normally we wouldn't be able to come to UK just like this because, yeah. Um, and when you came to London, what, what did you like about it? Everything. I was just like, oh my God, this city is great. <laughs> you know, you know, oh, so many bars, so many great places. I never really made college. No, yeah, no, just too many things to do. And so, but I started working in a really small place uh, in Elephant and Castle. And after a year, I decided to go back. And I went back to work for the newspaper again. But I was just like, no, it's not really where I want to be. I just came back here. So, so your early years in London, you helped, well, you wrote for and helped to establish a Polish magazine uh, for, for people in London called Kultura. Yeah, it was ages ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was 2003, I think, when we started, 2003, yeah. Yeah, it's quite an yeah. achievement. Quite but, an achievement. but now it's the leading Polish magazine in the UK. So uh, yeah, I think so. It is. <laughs> I think it is. Across <laughs> London, know about it. What were your um, early experiences like being in London? I it was good because I was still working in so- uh, in so- Soho in one of the restaurants, and just working for culturally after work. So going there like two three times a week to just write about things happening in in London. or um, mainly you know doing some kind of movie uh, reviews yeah so what kind of other news stories were you were you um were you writing during that time oh uh, i was uh, i was going to london fashion week and oh, that was amazing it was first uh, first of the polish journalists to go to london fashion week and it was great it was great a great experience so we were writing about that mm. everything was happening in polish community really wherever it was like you know people coming like a concerts like interesting people they live in London we want they wanted to talk to us so that will work. 
The UK voted to leave um, the EU in I June. I remember it's just, just a little margin that was voted to leave, yeah? I know, I know, absolutely. Yeah, there was a small, voted to leave by a small margin, 52, 48. And then we finally left the EU, which is very sad, on the 31st of January it of this was, year. It was one of the saddest days, honestly. I felt like it was. Like something, you know, like something is just happening when most of the people actually you know, don't agree with it. Yeah, can you can you kind of describe to us why you felt so devastated by Brexit? Oh, <laughs> because I think you know being a part of Europe is just is just great. Why you were the first, one of the first countries actually to build that, and why you want to live now? On why? Because mm-hmm. I still don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why why English people I mean I know why you know hold that thing you know happening around and um all the lies and everything but I still don't understand why you actually the you know the old generation because we have to remember that was the mess, mostly the old generation they voted leave why are they taking the opportunities from the young people they can travel and they can study everywhere they can do whatever they want. They can move and live in any, any country in Europe they want. They, why are they taking, you know, that away? How did you? How did your customers and the people that you kind of, you know, you see day to day? How how was the feeling? I have to say it was a very interesting day. It was really interesting day. We had so many people crying. We had so many people coming here, saying how sorry they are. Mm. Yeah, well, it was like literally they. My guys. Um, uh, their youngest and the time they couldn't vote there was the two of them they couldn't vote because they were even 18 they were crying they were literally whole day crying saying how much they hate the old generation for taking the you know the, the the opportunity from them and we had so many our regular customers they literally came in they say no that's not us we didn't vote leave honestly you know we don't want you to go all this kind of stuff and uh, that to be honest, we remember that day we sold so much, so much of the French cheese. Literally everyone was buying French cheese. Wow. No one was buying English. Yeah. Yeah. So people were showing solidarity (laughs) through their purchasing. Honestly, there was like, it's a compter. Yeah, buy where you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you don't even expect that from people, you know, that was really kind of surprising for us to see that. Like coming in like exactly on that day, and actually making huge like shopping, but not buying British produce. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. So for you, it was like a loss of some of the idealism of living in Britain and the liberty that you know you mm. felt there was a bit of a loss yeah. of that, and yeah. also kind of a loss of freedom for future generations yeah and for us also because yeah. you know we have to make this you know settle status we have to show that when we're coming back and so it's not like it's not going to be that straightforward now for everybody so it changes the way you yeah. feel yeah about living here yeah a bit. But, but at the same time you feel very much supported by the community that you're living yeah, in we're absolutely. in a bubble in yeah 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 well, don't forget, we're in London, we're in a bubble. It's probably completely different when you go outside London. Can we talk a little bit about your childhood? Oh, yeah, we can try. Uh, and your early, your early, early life and where you grew up. 
Oh, so I'm actually from a village in Poland uh, called Kaczmiska. I don't even try to pronounce it. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a great place. It's about five thousand people just in total in the whole village. It's quite a big place, but everyone is like very spread it. So sometimes the you know there are places when everyone is like living house by house, but there are kind of places when it's like no houses for like half kilometer. What was your house, child home like? Uh, we literally had a forest in the back of my house. Wow. So I spent most of the time in the forest, literally. And um, my grandma just lived next to us and she had horses and cows. I hate cows. And pigs and hens and everything. So I spent my childhood with like, you know, surrounded by animals and and having like gardens always, fruits and veg from the garden. Uh, so you were always around mm, food from an early age and around kind of, fresh, yeah, fresh produce. When I think about it now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I, you know, when, when you die, you don't really think about it. You don't really see that. It's just kind of obvious, yeah, because everyone was doing that. Can you tell us about your parents? How did your parents influence you? They were great. My parents run a little shop. <laughs> So it comes full uh, circle. Uh, there was like literally in a, our house, like a, in a basement. It was um, in a kind of like a little bar. But in Poland, it's not like bars. They don't look like here. It's more like a place where you go and drink. There's not really ma- much going on. You literally just go there and drink. What do you drink? Especially vodka. Lager. Lager. There was no okay. vodka. Oh, okay. Lager and cheap wine. Like really cheap wine. <laughs> like not very nice wine. And uh, so they had something like that, like a kind of place where the local people were coming after work and having two or three pints of of beer. And there wasn't really even much sittings inside. There was like lots of sittings outside, but inside was like only two benches and a bar. And that's it. And the little shop was just next door to the bar. And it was more like a convenience shop, you know, just essentials. Bread, milk, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, and some kind of but sweets. What were, they, what were they like, your parents? Oh, my dad was always, um, when I was thinking about yesterday, about this kind of influence. I actually remember, think, when the plastics came in. You remember the plastic bottles, water in the plastic bottles? My father refused that completely. Because we always was buying um, water in uh, glass bottles. You were just like, you know, they, they were bringing uh, crates. There were 20 bottles of glass um, bottles with water inside. And when you drink that, when you finish, you give back the crates with the bottles to the producer. And they were bringing you back. And I remember when the plastic bottles came, like, you know, convenient, you can just throw it away, blah, blah, blah. My father was like, no, that is no, actually, we're not going to have that at home ever. He tried once and he said, no, the water tastes completely different. It's disgusting. We're not going to have it. So we kept buying the glass bottles. And I'm just like, I completely forgot about it. So mate, what do you think uh, that's an environmental you know, influence or do you think the the desire for having like good quality things, you know? Good quality good things. Good quality things. Yeah, he was always into good quality things. Okay. Always. And, and always into like um, politics and news. I remember watching a news with him since I was four years old. Mm. Okay. I taught myself to read when I was four years old and he was going to the 
like a, you know, little kiosk buying a newspaper. And I was reading that newspaper to him being like four years old. I completely had no idea what I'm reading about, but it was just like a practicing reading. And after that, I was always reading all the time, literally. Did your parents encourage you then in terms of education? Were they, were they very much kind of, you know, get an education, yeah, um, my, study? My, my, yeah, my dad did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum was a bit more like, yeah, whatever, if you want to. But my dad was completely like, yes. And were they open to kind of what, what you did? Were they kind of, did they want you to kind of go into specific areas or were they really open about what you studied so long as you kind of Oh, got they were education? so open. They didn't even put any pressure on me. They were just absolutely like, it's your choice, do whatever. They were like, they had very, very, they were always asking us about everything, every decision. It was made together in our house. Even like choosing the color, we're going to paint the shed. They were always asking us what we think about it. What are we going to do? Yeah. So do you think that gives you confidence yeah. from a young age? Mm. Yeah. I think so. Because it's interesting because people have told me that about my parents too. They said, you know, your parents, when you were, when you, from quite a young age, they would ask you, they would involve you in decisions mm. and that gives a child like... Yeah, I think so. Because I remember yeah. even, like, I have three brothers and now I'm the, young, I'm the oldest one. And I remember my brother was like, Two years old and they were still you know including him in this uh, like a family meeting you know about some things like where we're gonna go what we're gonna do and all that thing he was absolutely you know had no idea what we're talking about and do you do that with your do you do that with your kids we tried <laughs> they know always that keen to you know to give us <laughs> Do you still maintain links with Poland and your, your wider family there and you, your children, your children kind of visitors oh, of, of yeah, Poland? Yeah, they, they, they love to go to Poland. They absolutely do. They don't really feel like, you know, they feel that their home's here. Yeah. But they love it. They absolutely love it. They, but they, they treat it as like a holiday, you know, that's for them is everything. It's like, oh, that's so exciting. And yeah. My, yeah. Well, my, my parents are Somali and um, whilst we've only been a couple of times, there was, there was a war on for a long time. I struggle with language with my children mm. and I wondered how I mean they're they not just struggle. they yeah they don't speak very mm. much Somali at all they can they can understand a bit how do you do your children speak Polish and do you encourage that in your uh, my daughter she's 13 she does she does speak Polish she uh, she even tried to read in Polish and write it's not that easy because it's a quite difficult language uh, but the boys they understand, but they don't really speak Polish. I mean, the youngest one, who is almost six, he finds Polish words very funny. <laughs> so he is using them as a kind of jokes, you know, to make. <laughs> He's like, he likes the sounds of it, like koszulka, you know, spodenki. You know, he just loves to. What rep- do they mean? Koszulka is t shirt and spodenki is a trousers. It sounds great. So, it does, yeah. <laughs> so he loves to, you know, repeat them because he thinks that they're just funny. It's just like, oh my God, it's so funny. And the uh, middle one, Vince, uh, he is trying now very hard to. To learn Polish, he's trying to repeat uh, after us. He's even trying to call my uncle and talk to him in Polish. That's it's good. quite difficult. Yeah, but they find English much easier and just easier to communicate. They will talk to each other in English. We talk to them in Polish. They answer us in English. It's just sometimes just crazy. Who or what influences you now? Where do you get your inspiration from, just in terms of, you know, work? And 
I don't know. I because I I used to work at New Zealand Airway. Well, it's a great place to work actually. And when you look at them, kind of businesses owners in our area. So many came from New Zealand Dairy. And really? Yeah. Who else came from New Zealand Dairy? Uh, Johnson Brooklyn, Mons. There's, there's, there's a lot I will have to think about, but it's honestly uh, no Nathan, the butcher. But there's so many. Why do you think so, they were so good at training, they, they're really training people? Open. Yeah. They're really open. They will show you everything. They're not even, they don't hiding the way. Mm. You run. Mm. They're confident in their own They're business. They're really confident yeah, yeah, in their yeah. business. And they give you the confidence you can do something. Mm. They're really supporting you also when you you, know, when you even say, oh, I want to leave because I want to do something. They're absolutely like so happy about it. They That's never great. really make you feel, oh, you're leaving us because you know. Yeah. When the early days here, they, honestly, they were all so supportive. What do you think we're, in terms of this area, we're missing in well, terms we're of... I don't know. Fishmonger? Maybe. Yeah. Fishmonger would be great. It would be great. Mm. Another restaurant. Yeah. Another good restaurant. We have Matum. Yeah, more. More good restaurants. We have enough pubs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. Uh, what are your favourite places to visit or to, to, go, to go out and have a, have a meal in? Uh, Matum, the Taiwan. And... 161, the wine bar. Alex is just great with, you know, the wine selection and everything there. Bona sometimes. They, 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 they're nice. They're really nice. And Sylvan Post. When for a drink, we go to Sylvan. <laughs> yeah. Go to Honeyman sometimes. But they're very busy with the kids and, you know, it's, yeah. He was a bit older now, so yeah, he said, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we like Honeyman. They, they, they're great. Can you tell us, looking up at your blackboard with yeah. a big array of sandwiches, salads, specials, what's you the most couple, popular? Yeah, what are the popular things? Uh, since the day one, cheese toasty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Predictable Brits. <laughs> cheese toasty. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a mixture of three cheeses, so it's not like... It's not your average cheese, cheese toasty. <laughs> Sorry, of course. Uh, it's it, Montgomery's cheddar with Comte, Emmental, Gherkin's leeks. There's a whole combination. And, yeah, it's it, honestly, it was, there's a lot of that. And now the second most popular is the Bermondsey Fryer. Is a cheese made in Bermondsey, mm. in the Arches, mm. uh, by William Ogertrop, who is the owner of Kappa Cassain Dairy, you know, the guy who sells raclette and cheese toasters in Borough Market. And I used to work with him. So he makes Bermondsey Fryer, and we are the only ones selling this sandwich. This is absolutely our creation, and no one else is selling this this combination so it's like uh, we fry the cheese on the grill and we serve that with our homemade chili sauce salad and grilled tomato on a soda bread and yeah. wonderful yeah. I think we might have to come back for one of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds good <laughs> <laughs> sounds really good thank you so thank much for talking to us we really appreciate welcome. it especially thank on a Friday you. night after a long day so well, thank we're having you having wine so it's fine yeah <laughs> thank, thank you <laughs> We really enjoyed talking to Aga and it's no surprise to me that she's been so successful because she is so warm and engaging. She's passionate about food and good produce and she genuinely wants to deliver a great service to her customers. 
talking with her reminded me about the great strengths of London and the UK in general, including how open-minded people can be here. And despite Brexit, we really hope that this continues. We just can't wait to go back after lockdown lifts and sit with Aga for a Bermondsey Friar. I really loved hearing how Aga's Polish upbringing has shaped how she's raising her own children and how important it is that she keeps Polish language alive at home, teaching her kids how to speak Polish. And it's something that I'm really passionate about, encouraging with my own children in speaking our language at home. This episode was recorded just before the lockdown, but Aga has adapted. Both shops will be doing home deliveries at the moment. Beetroot and Beans will be delivering Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays and Aga's Deli will be delivering Wednesday to Friday and will be open on Saturdays from 10 until 2. If you want to find out more about Aga's Deli, she is on Instagram at Aga's Little Deli and Beetroot and Beans are on Instagram at Beetroot Beans. If you've got any feedback, comments or suggestions as ever, please do get in touch. We are on Instagram at Portrait of a Londoner and we are also on Facebook. And if you'd like to email us, we are portraitofalondoner at gmail.com.